When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This, this, this is, 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 is. Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 765. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing review. And we're about to enter the greatest week of combat sports of all time. I know you're going to think, <laughs> oh, that's a bit of recency bias. No, man. This is the greatest week. If you're across boxing and you're across MMA, you are in. For an absolute treat this week, from Tuesday right through till the early hours of Sunday morning, buckle up, buttercup, because it's going to be a crackerjack. And actually, in this review show, we've got quite a lot to get through as well. Um, So with that in mind, you don't want to miss any of this content coming your way. Please subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. And you can uh, also do it via our YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Last week, we had an audio issue, because Laughing Boy here... Right, his ears. I don't know what's going on with his ears. He seemed happy enough to crack on with the program. Is everything working today? Am I nice and clear? Am I popping? Does it no, sound you're not okay popping. for you? Sounds like you're actually using your microphone this week. Yeah, good, good lad. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, we were knee deep in the UFC all last week. Hopefully, you enjoyed the stuff that we brought your way. We'll give you a, a full review of that show as well. That's going to be available for you on the platform that I've just told you about. There's also been a bloody lot of boxing to have a look at at the weekend. And I thought I'd have a nice, easy day today. We'll, we'll ease on in. We might wax lyrical about some wonderful performances. But no, I'm here again, ready to mourn about judging. Yeah? At least it wasn't our judging. I think I'm going to, weirdly, I'm, I think I'm going to celebrate some British judging. But you're right. The biggest fight of the weekend. Mm. Uh, well, we had three Brits all in the lesser the lesser respected uh, belt action, and all three of them lost. Um, so it might not be the most jovial of shows in that regard, but at least the one thing I'm going to hold on to is the fact that the judges on British soil, the British judges, I think they were all British judges, they, um, or certainly one or two of them was, they got it right. Lord Voldemort got it right. And that's, at least that is some kind of progress. Is it real progress? Or is it really just down to the fact the Sowlands haven't got enough pullers warring us here? You decide, kids. But what I will say is the judging in Scotland, I was happy with the fucking judging in Oklahoma. Now that's a podcast. <laughs> do you want to start positive then? Or do you want to start negative? <laughs> Where do you want to go, mate? Start Friday night. Let's start go Friday on, night in the, on, one, the one of the greatest cities in the whole of the UK, Edinburgh, Meadowbank Sports Centre. Obviously, the main event, Lee McGregor taking on Eric Robles. 
Ayala. When we previewed this when we were down in London last week, I said, listen, kids, we've got nothing to worry about here. Ayala is not one of these Mexicans that's been handpicked badly. That's going to come <laughs> yeah, over you here, did. upset <laughs> our boy. I said, I watched this fight from December. It's on YouTube. I watched the whole thing. He's a come-forward brawler. He's just going to stand in the middle and let big shots go. And if McGregor bounces around him, he'll make it an easy night for himself. Don't worry, kids. We're going to be fine. And what does Lee do? Tries to out-Mexican the Mexican. I, yeah. I just think his, his tactics were ballsy, brave, and made up to eight rounds either close. When I, There was probably nothing between them after eight rounds or so. But I just thought down the stretch, Lee's gas tank ran out. He was yeah. unable to keep any range whatsoever. And unfortunately, just standing there and covering up, which he did in, in periods throughout the fight, um, that he just played into Ayala's hands, you know, and those 10, 11, 12 punch flurries that Ayala just burst into ran randomly down the stretch were more than enough to convince the judges. I just think the tactics from Lee McGregor, I know he's tough. I know he's game. I know he likes to walk people down. But too often, he was just, too static on his feet, too willing to just cover up and too willing to let Ayala just catch the eye of the judges with those bursts. It was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was a great fight. Yeah. But what I will say is the judges that scored it, 113-115, 113-116, 113-115, that was about right, man. I didn't score it round for round, but that's basically ballpark where I had it too. Robles by, by two, maybe three rounds. Yeah, up to, like you just said, up to eight rounds, mate. Fantastic fight. I was like, whoa. Brilliant. Here we go. We've got an absolute firecracker. Mainstream yeah. television. Great stuff. Go on. Enjoy this. But then he just seemed like the... It, I don't know. Maybe he went off a little bit too fast. Maybe the tactic wasn't right. Maybe there was a bit of an adrenaline dump because it's the first time in a long time. He's been back. He's back at home. Lots of friends and family coming out. There's loads of little things that can play out. We know that Lee McGregor's a supremely talented boxer. But for large periods of the fight, he didn't box, did he? He wanted to, have a, he wanted to go at it with... Uh, Eric Robles, and he, as you just said, he played into his hands. I uh, scored it 8-4 in favour of Robles, but I can see a tiny bit shorter at 7-5 maybe, but there's no argument that Eric Robles won it. And yeah. it's... And listen to us sat here. Isn't it refreshing to see that everything went went to plan with uh, with judging? And, and I think it was... If I'm dead honest, I think it was relatively easy to score, pal. But we have seen... Like, absolute shockers in the past. And we're going to talk about a shocker in a minute. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Lee McGregor goes from here because it, he, he's supposed to win that and he's supposed to win that handily. And I think he had all the skills in the world to have won that handily. Yeah. But I know that he's had a really difficult time outside of the ring. Um, obviously, inactivity, you know, all sorts of different bits and bats with his career. He's a supremely talented lad. What were it? Ten fights did he did he have before he became British Commonwealth European champion? I think he's the quickest ever British fighter to be able to do that. That's how good the lad is. He's he's absolutely top class. But if you if you're not right between the ears and and you're not in that right frame of mind to go and go and deliver what you need to go and deliver, then it's a very tough sport to be involved in. And I think he's got to just find that. He's got to find that because the skills are there. Physically, he's still a relatively young fella. He, yeah. he, physically, he's there. Is he making the right choices? He doesn't have to go and have a fight. He doesn't have to have a brawl. He doesn't have to entertain. Use your skills, man. Get on that yeah. jab and dance around the bugger. If you listen, if you have a twelve-round shutout, 
sound, no problem whatsoever. You don't have to be an animal, do you? Um, and I just felt that at times it was, right, people have paid money, they've come to see us, that we've all seen the highlight reel of me with the first round knockouts become European champion. Listen, that was an anomaly with all due respect. Yeah. That, it was just a wicked shot. Well. Yeah, absolutely. It was a wicked shot. You know what I mean? That just, listen, he, he meant it. Of course he did. But it's just one of those. You can't do that every single time, especially as you're going up through the levels. And obviously he's looked at this guy and says, well, he's not at the level of my previous opponent, so I'm just going to blow him away. Well, no, man. Uh, and he ended up getting found out. And I, I do feel for him because I like him. I like Lee a lot. But he got he got well beaten. I've no idea where he goes from here. The sentiment is right, though. You know, Ayala, I don't think I was wrong in my assessment. Ayala is a little bit of a step down on compared to oh, previous opponents. But he's he's game as anything. Yeah. <laughs> as a badger? Game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's super strong. And you played into his hands. Honestly, I was watching the fight. Do you remember that advert where they used to be like, they'd open the door of a car and close it and go, see, sounds just like a golf. Turn the engine on, it drives away. Ooh, drives just like a golf. Ooh, smells just like a golf. And you're like, mate, if you want a golf, buy a fucking golf. And I'm kind of like, the, the, the selling point to Lee McGregor is, oh, I'm the Scottish Mexican. Sound man, I, I I get what you're saying. Cool means you're all action style, means your game, you stand in the middle of the ring, you let big shots go. Be calling out Mexican and Mexican because, by definition, that is what Robles is, that is what mm. Ayala is. And that's what surprised me with the tactics. Too often, Lee was looking to put his head on Robles's head and swing away, except he was getting in there and he was covering more than he was swinging. And I'm mm. like, well, when you when he kept his range, when he didn't hold his feet as much, correct. Yeah, he boxed great, and there was yeah. the rounds that he won. Yeah. But when he held his feet and when he got inside and he covered up and went, go on, then you go, I go. Robles went with like 12 and 14 punch combos, which you know, okay, every other one's landing. But then when McGregor went to go, he only had two in him, and then he'd have to hold. Certainly yeah. down the stretch, that was like the pattern of the fight. And I just think this his tactics were completely were completely wrong. You know, and it was an easy comparison to make here. And I, I know he's not. He's not the type of he's not uh, in the same style as what we've seen out in Oklahoma. I know he's a different type of fighter compared to Maxi Hughes, but Maxi Hughes made made that fight look easy at times against the guy that likes to get get mixed up. And I think McGregor could have used better footwork to just pick Ayala off as he came forward. Honestly, I think about five or six rounds into this fight. I think Ayala went back to his corner and went, this is fucking brilliant. This is exactly what we hoped for. This is exactly what we've seen bits of on tape and gone. He's going to try and outdo us at our own game. Sensational. That'll do us all day. I think there was moments where McGregor did well. As I say, there was a few rounds there in the middle of the fight where he did well. But I think it was just purely because Ayala was like, right, back down to fourth. And when we get to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I'm going to go back through the gears again. And that's what he did. He saved a little bit in the tank for down the stretch. And by the time we got down the stretch, Lee just had nothing left because he'd given so much in those middle rounds to mm. live with Ayala at his own game. I just think they're going to go back, watch that tape, watch the rounds that they won and go, look what we're doing there compared to the rounds that we lost here. Just too static, too willing to, too willing to play the role of a heavy bag. And that, that, I think that will be the biggest takeaway and go, fuck, we fucked it. You know, I really do think that because he's he's fit Lee McGregor. 
his game and he's talented. He's, with all due respect, he's more talented than Eric Ayala. But he just fought the wrong fight for me. He tried to out-Mexican the Mexican. Why? Why? I'll box him instead. Stand him on his head. Mexicans hate, hate, used to hate coming to Europe because of that European amateur boxing style. Big, long, hit and don't get hit, slip and move. They're chasing shadows. Now they're getting over here and going, them Englishmen are planting the feet now. Fucking get in there and let your hands go. He's Scottish. With all due respect, I meant British. But yes, <laughs> and apologies and to Mr. McGregor. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you mean. Um, like I say, I don't know where he goes from here. It's going to be interesting to see what the uh, what the next step is. Uh, anything else from that card? Because uh, I'm I'm re- you know I'm ready with this criteria, man. I'm, you know I'm ready. Let's get into it, man. Let's get into the. Uh, what do you want to do? Do you want to, do you want to quickly mention Jazza Dickens and then go on to go on to the big fight of the weekend? Yeah, go on then. That knockout for Jazza Dickens that that was a big one. That was a heavy heavy knockout. You know I. I I'll be honest, I've never seen the full fight. We were working at the weekend and then in transit yesterday and um, I couldn't get hold of it, but I've seen the highlights and obviously I've seen the knockout. The knockout's gone viral, but it looked like a scary one. Just a clean right hand, straight down the middle, caught Jazza square on, and it was a heavy, heavy knockdown, that one. Tough to come back from. He's out for a bit as well, wasn't he? That's what I mean. He's out for a couple of minutes, which is really scary. Really scary, especially at this this stage of his career, where he is right now. Again, you know these are these were fights that were made for these guys to win, you know. But I don't I don't know how the score again. I only seen the highlights, so apologies if Jazza was nine rounds up. I didn't get that feeling, but if he was nine rounds up and got caught, it, it, you know it's a tough one. But he can bounce back. But if the fight was if the fight was was close, if the fight was a real fight, and then mm. Sosa's finished it in that style. Uh, it puts because Jazz at eight, unlike Lee Lee McGregor, Jazz at ain't a young man, he ain't a kid, no. you know, and that's uh, that would be the fifth loss, loss in his career and a bad one, yeah. Um, Oklahoma, the destination for Maxi Hughes versus George Cambosis. We highlighted it last week as the fight of the weekend, um, and it's ended up becoming the most controversial uh results of the weekend, um. Mate, right. First and foremost, right, <clears throat> Maxi Hughes. What a phenomenal story this map. This is this is just in general, right? Totting along in, in the game of boxing has this resurgence in teaming up, new trainers, all this type of carry on, and it's just yeah. gone from one level to the next level to the next level. Hard work, dedication, and skill, as he showed at the weekend, and skill. Brilliant counter-punching at the weekend, I thought, at, at large pockets of this particular fight. And he gets this opportunity. You said it last week, mate. I'm delighted for him because the kids put the graft in and you earn yeah. the opportunity for a little bit of a stateside show. You're over there now on ESPN. A lot of big yeah. exposure with the American audience. And you're taking on the former unified champion, Mega. Okay, it's Oklahoma. Would have loved Vegas, would have loved New York. But at the end of the day, sound man. You're getting some prime time slot. And you go in there and you put on a phenomenal performance. Maybe the yeah. performance of your life. Maybe the Correct. performance of your life, especially against the former unified champion. And then you do, you get stiffed. Now, when you, when, when you look at the cards in general, so we have a 117, 111. 
We have one all square at 114 apiece, and we have a 115, 113, right? Now, two of those cards, if if you squint, really squint, and you do and you're very pro one particular thing, you could probably get away with that. Probably get away with it. 117, 111 is absolutely diabolical. Diabolical. You are saying that Maxi Hughes won three rounds and only three rounds. That's what you're saying. He won more than that in the first six. Yeah. That is, I, I, I cannot, I, I just can't fathom out. I've watched the fight twice. I've seen the scorecards. I've seen how it was scored. I've looked at the punch stats. And I I, I, I still cannot get, I tried to get to a point where I, I can justify something or I can say, okay, I can see what you've seen, right? But that still didn't happen. I, it just did not happen. I just do not know. And this is happening far too often. Far too often on, listen, on, it's happening a lot on top rank cards. You've got, we've got to be, we've got to be honest. You've got to be yeah. honest. It's happening a lot on top rank cards that these ridiculous scorecards are coming in. What's going on? Now, obviously, when we reviewed Taylor Catterall, we knew a lot about the backstory of that fight. So therefore, we could get into it and go really in deep on it. Again, a top rank card. I don't know the backstory of this. I haven't spoken to promoters, sanctioning bodies or anything like that to know enough about the back of what type of narratives are being played. But the the aesthetics, the optics that we're looking at right now, once again, Top rank have put a show on, and an absolutely ridiculous card that did not happen has been put in. That judge has to be investigated, and they have to justify putting in a card of 117-111. It's ridiculous. It's atrocious, and it's unfathomable how Jeff Joseph Mason from Denver, Colorado, can come up with that scorecard to give George Cambosis Jr. nine rounds... <sighs> And only give Maxi Hughes three is clearly not inept officiating. It's clearly corrupt officiating because that just didn't happen. Doesn't matter how much you sway, doesn't matter how much you, oh, I like the guy pressing forward, or I like the guy throwing punches and not actually landing any punches. That's what I like to see. There was just no world, there's no position from the ring, there's no sense of anything which is anything other than corrupt in where Maxi Hughes only wins three rounds. It's just impossible. Now, I've had a little look at Joseph Mason's record, and he's only had about he's only officiated uh, a little over 300 bouts, which is, for me, not enough for anybody being put into a prime time spot uh, on, a, on a televised card. But you start asking yourself, are these people getting these opportunities because they can be persuaded, because they can be pushed, in a certain direction. That just coming away from it, obviously the fallout has been fans' anger. And obviously we're seeing a lot of it because certainly the fans' anger, I'm guessing there's a lot of it in the UK. Um, over in the US, uh, you know, the, the crowd themselves were booing. And even the top rank commentators, you know, they 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 okay, they they were very much trying to push Cambosis forward, and you expect that because he's the top rank fighter. But still, there were certain points in the fight where they would punctuate it with certain comments that I've made a note of, which clearly lead towards a Maxi Hughes victory. And even at the end, you know, they, the, the questions being put towards Cambosis and Maxi Hughes 
were along the lines of, well, that fight didn't happen. That result didn't happen. You're certainly fortunate there in that regard. Now, this guy who's put this card in, obviously he's made the list. You know, he, I'm adding him to the list of worst, the worst officials of 2023. Absolutely atrocious scorecard. But when I look at Joseph Mason's scorecard and compare it with my scorecard, as well as the scorecards of the other judges, it's, it really is unexplainable. Yeah. The certain rounds there, he went six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all to George Cambosis. Like there's, there's some rounds in there where I made a note and was just like, there's just no way. There's just no way Cambosis has a clear out in the back half of the fight. Like, how did you score it? Let's go round for round. Did you make did you did you score it round for round? Yeah, mate. Because like like you said. The outrage on social media yesterday, and then I went back and forth looking at uh, punch stats, uh, looking at the actual scoring of the fight, comparing all three judges, and then I looked at my card and I went, "Hey, I I, I can't figure it out." So listen, I think George Cambosos starts okay. I think it's a competitive first round. I gave it Cambosos. I'll be honest, I gave Cambosos the first round. Me too. Um, my note, my notes on the first round: ten nine Cambosos. Left hook and jabs. They were they, they, there was one big left hook, and his jab was started pretty strong, while mm. Maxi was getting his range. So I give Cambosis the first round two. Yeah, round two again competitive, but I thought Maxi had found that range by that point, and I went the other way. So after two rounds, I'm one apiece here. Yeah, countering hooks from Maxi Hughes. Ten rounds. Ten. <coughs> excuse me. Ten nine. Maxi Hughes. I've got it level after two. Uh, three, four, five. I thought it was rel- relatively simple. I've given him all maxi. I thought three, he was far better than he was in two. And I thought it was a real clear gap between him and, him and Cambosas. Cambosas pulls it back in four. It gets a little bit tighter, but it's still maxi with the counter shots. And then five, the most clearest round in the whole fight for me. Maxi lights him up. Absolutely lights him up. So after five rounds, I'm 4-1 in favour of maxi use. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when we're exactly the same. But round three, Maxi Hughes, uppercuts now. Maxi's starting to land uppercuts. Oh, they're beautiful. Was coming forward. That counter uppercut. That left hand uppercut, absolutely yeah. perfect. He was timing it perfectly from round three. Also, body shots in round three as well. A clear Maxi Hughes round. Round four, George Cambosis simply not landing. Throwing volume, throwing punches. It's all good and well. Throwing range finding jabs. But if you're yep. popping the jab out and Max uses three inches away from the end of your fist, you yep. fucking can't score. You can't win a fight. Shadow boxing. You've actually have to land some punches. Round number four, George Cambos is simply not landing. Maxi Hughes is round four for Maxi Hughes. And then round number five. Right, we've got a fight now because they both started landing shots in round number five. Maxi Hughes, big round. One left hand caused a cut over George Cambosis' eye. That was the most significant punch of the mm. best round of the fight so far. At this point, between the rounds, at the end of round five, the commentary team say, so far, so good for Maxi Hughes, who is banking rounds. So at this Correct. point, I've got it 5-1 to Maxi Hughes. The, judge, the commentary team have clearly got Maxi Hughes up on the scorecards as well. And yet, you know, when you look at some of these judges, you know, at this point... Joseph is, uh, you know, they're already deciding towards, they're already having a look at Cambosis winning the fight. One of the judges had Cambosis 3-2 up after the first five. How? Uh, how? How was, how was Cambosis won three of the first five rounds? 
the, the judge, who is it, GR? It wasn't even Joseph. It was Gerard Ritter gave Cambosis one, two, four, and six. Six, six is a tight round, right? He wins one. We've we all agree on that. He wins number one. Number two is a little bit tighter, but Max is <clears throat> count, Max is getting his shots off beautifully. He's counter punching in twos, solid man, and then he got, starts to go through the gears. Six, I can see maybe because it is a little bit tighter. There's a accidental head clash. Is, is it in seven or six that there's an accidental head clash? Head clash was and, in six. Sorry, yeah, I give Cambosis round six. Yeah, the head clash yeah. was in six. Yeah. yeah. So I listen, after six rounds, I've got it four two to Maxi Hughes, right? Yeah. That's that's where Same. I'm at. Okay, so then I had I had round seven. I said this is another close fight. Very but, but George Cambosis is landing more than if it is fair share now. So even though it was a close round, I give that one to Cambosis round number seven. I completely agree. I've made a note of three swing rounds here, right? Seven is the first of those swing rounds because that is a very, very tight round. If you've got Max it, no problem. But I thought that George Cambosas just did enough effective work to be able to nick it. We're talking yeah. to Midge's dick, but he managed, in my opinion, just to nick round number seven. Well, obviously, and I'm trying to... I've, I've, also, I've also highlighted that head clash just seemed to startle it did. Maxi a bit. It Pretty just well. seemed to like, whoa. You know what I mean? And then he... he Maybe lost his range of touch. He just lost his his rhythm, and then it be, the second half of it becomes more of a fight rather than clean boxing. So you've got yeah, to he, you've got to really pay attention as to what you said a minute or two ago. What is actually landing? There is no doubt that the optics state that George Campbell has threw more shots throughout every single round. There's no doubt he's obviously throwing more, but like you said, these these range finding jabs are what. Three inches away, and Max's head movement, he swiv especially in the first half of this fight, he's swiveling from the hips to just sway out the way, pop, pop, out the side door. Mate, it, it, the boxing is hit, don't get hit. And for six rounds, Maxi Hughes literally did that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. That's yeah. exactly what he did. As you say, the, the head clash really did seem to upset him for a couple of rounds. And I thought that's how Cambosas kind of closed the distance. So when I got to the end of round number seven, Yep. I had a look at my scorecard. I had Maxi Hughes one round up. It was 4-3 after seven. And incidentally, the commentary team on, uh, well, the top rank employed commentary team said the same thing. I have Maxi Hughes up by a round. And I agreed with that. That's I was fair. like, yeah, okay, fine. fine. And I thought at that point, that was where the shift would be. I thought, okay, is this when Cambosis goes forward? But actually, Maxi Hughes come out in round number eight, landed yeah. some lovely right hooks. That right hook over the jab, that little Beautiful. lead right hand from the Southpaw stance, was kind of money for him all night. He was timing it perfectly. He got that going again. And then there was a, there was two lead left hands as well. Lead left hands straight down the pipe. That landed clean. So after round eight, Maxi Hughes stops that two little two-round switch and yep. goes two up with a 10-9 round. How can you not give round number eight 
to, to Maxi Hughes. How can you not do that? Two of the judges didn't. Mate, it's blatantly obvious. I see the momentum of George Cambosses, and then it's yeah. blatantly stopped in eight. Bl- yeah. Obviously stopped in eight. I don't get it. Nine, don't get me wrong, Cambosses ups it again. Because they, they, they are having a little bit of a back and forth. So if you're going to go Cambosses in that round, listen, maybe I can understand it. I personally didn't. Neither I. <laughs> I thought that Maxi Hughes again, because that we're looking for clean, effective work. It's got to land. You can't just fucking stand in the corner and shadow box and win. That's not mm-hmm. how this game works. Just because you walk forward doesn't mean you win. You have nope. to land. You can win going backwards. Anyway, round number nine, ten. right? Loads of yeah. good jabs now from Maxi Hughes and lefts to the body. Those were the big moments. Yes, Cambos is pressing. But listen, this is boxing. And Maxi Hughes was playing a was playing a counter striking style. He's going backwards to bring you on. You heard Sean saying in the corner all night, "Don't move forward, let him move on to you." It was Cambosis moving forward onto yep. Maxi Hughes' clean shots Mate. that won him this fight and won him it impressively. Anyway, round nine. So I've got Maxi Hughes. What two, three, three up now? I think it is. Yeah. Ten. I've gone uh, Cambosis. Yeah. I thought it. I, th- I thought it was a, a really tight round once again, but he just it was pressure, man. He just kept going, kept going, kept going. But he was landing more. Again, I'm not just going to give it him because he's walking forward. He's landing more. He's landing some nice clean stuff. And I just thought Maxi stalled a little bit in ten. So I've gone uh, Cambosses. Then the, the problem. The problem with round sorry. ten with when I scored it today because uh, I watched the first thing this morning when I got up. Just because I wanted a, a fresh mind and I wanted to be, I wanted a good night's sleep and I was going to score it fairly. So I watched the first thing this morning for the first time. And the problem I had with round 10 is first minute, George Cambosis landed a big left hook, potentially even his best punch of the fight up until that point, or maybe even the entire fight. I'm like, okay, yeah, sound. And then the Sky Sports broadcast went off for a minute. I don't know whether it's because I'm through Virgin or whatever, but I lost a minute of round number 10 while the broadcast went down and it was, you know, it was clearly a signal issue. And then it came back on last 30 seconds and I was allowing on Jamel Herring and the court and the commentary team saying, well, you know, Cambos is a butt, you know, there was some great work from Maxi Hughes. And I'm like, you know what? I fairly can't, I really fairly couldn't score round 10 because I didn't see all of round 10. So I just had to go off what I did see. And what I did see was Cambosis landing that big left hook. So I've gone with Cambosis in round number 10, but I would love to go back and watch 10 in its entirety. But So I've got it now two up uh, to, with championship rounds to go. Two up with Hughes, champion rounds to go. Okay. And it's in 11 then when he wins the fight. Because I've given it, I've given Maxi Hughes round number eleven. I've given George Cambosis round number twelve because I thought he finished the fight relatively strong and I thought he took that. But round number eleven, I thought Maxi Hughes did enough there to win that round and therefore uh, propel him forward towards a win. Uh, George Cambosis needed a stoppage for me in the in the twelfth in order to, or at least a ten eight in order to bring this back uh, in his favour. And in and, and he didn't get that. The um... The this is where, the only place where we differ. Then I've gone the other way. <laughs> I actually give. Uh, oh no, I give Cambosis round. Is that what you said? I've given Cambosis eleven and Maxi Hughes twelve. So we are Not the, other yeah, way. the opposite way. No, I'm, the, I'm, the opposite I'm the other way. way. My note on round eleven, which I give to George Cambosis, was very cl- very close round, very messy round. You know, there was yeah. a lot of holding in there. 
The forearm smash became something that Cambosos was using a lot. The heads were clashing a lot more for the first time, really, in the fight. Uh, I thought 11 was probably the messiest round. Cambosis, again, was volume, but how much of it was actually landing? But I kind of edged towards Cambosis. In 12, I was like, okay, Maxi, come on. Let's see this out, son. And he come out in round 12. And as I say, I thought Cambosis was just trying to rough him up, get close, throw arseholes and elbows. But again, I thought the cleaner work was Maxi Hughes, especially early in round 12. He was the one that was landing the cleaner shots again. Straight, lead, straight leads to the body, that right hand over the top of the left shoulder of George Cambosis. My final score, 115, 113 in favour of Maxi Hughes. And again, if you're going to go one or two rounds either way, mate, I ain't going to be fucking massively upset. I'm going to be massively upset when some piece of shit puts in a 9-3, 111 scorecard. Because that yeah. did not happen. Yeah, man. Like I said, I had three swing rounds, so you've got seven, ten, and eleven for me were, were the swingers. And if you go all three cambosses, which I don't think you can do, um, but let's say you did. I did. Then I think seven, ten, eleven. I did. I give them all to cambosses. Yeah. Well, let's let's. Oh, that, that's cool. But that then for me on my card would bring one fourteen, one fourteen. Right. So that's the best, in my opinion, the best possible score for George Cambosis. And with the judge putting that in, you go, okay, okay. I think 115, 113, George Cambosis, you're really pushing it now. Yeah. You're pushing it, right? Because I can't see, I can't see George Cambosis taking seven rounds. I, I can see him maybe squeezing six. I can't see him taking seven. I definitely can't see him taking nine. That is an absolute ludicrous scorecard. Maxi Hughes all, put in. All three a, judges gave him nine. All three of them. How? All three judges gave Cambosis round number nine. It just fucking didn't happen. Something's wrong, man. Something's wrong. Like if we, people, hopefully, who listen to this show on a regular basis, and if you're if you're an American listener, right, or an Australian listener, because this is George Cambosis, right? You, I would hope that you, if you've listened to us for a long period of time, we give a fair assessment. Of scorecards, whether it, whether it be a British fighter involved, whoever, it's just straightforward, clean, effective work. That's what we're looking for. I understand that you might look at this and go, "Ah, two Brits defending a Brit." It's fuck all to do with that. It's nothing to do with that at all. This is just two boxing fans looking at boxing, going, "What the fuck has happened with that card?" It's it's wrong. Something has to be done. We mourn, we highlight it, we mourn about it. I've have seen other people that do very similar jobs to us mourn and highlight it. Nothing will get done because as we as we explain on a day by day, week by week basis, no one gives a shit. Really, do they? Promoters don't give a shit. Sanctioning bodies don't give a shit. Look at them all in the immediate aftermath of the fight. Right, let's try and get Cambosis and Shakur Stevenson together. What the yeah. You've just fucking bended a lad over backwards. Yeah. Taking his, something that he's earned. It's not like he, you know what I mean, that he, he deserves it because he works hard. No, man, he went in there and displayed a high level of skill, brilliant tactics from his corner, and deserved to win the fight. That's what he deserved. He didn't deserve to get shafted. 
And now where does Maxi Hughes' career go? Yeah. What happened? What happens to Maxi Hughes now? Because well, you're all cracking on with oh Shakur's here now. Let's get Shakur in this ring. Yeah. Fuck off, man. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. There's no I, other I way to describe say, it. I, I just want to say, listen, this is not this is no slight on George Cambosis, right? He's just gone out there and fought. That's all he's done. And people yeah. are giving him shit for his post. But listen, in the immediate aftermath, when your emotions running high, fighters are going to say all sorts of shit, right? They're going to say all sorts of shit. He's a sensible guy, George Cambosis. When the dust settles and he goes back and watches it, he might come back and say, listen, man, that's a fucking tight fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, all right. A draw or maybe one to him, one to me. I'm sure that is what will come out of George Cambosis' uh, mouth. He'll, there's no way that he won nine rounds. The really disappointing thing has been the lack of reaction. And the, what, those that have reacted, those that have been a part of it and questions have been put to them in the moments, I've come up with the most disgusting, vile bullshit. I, I, honestly, there's, there's few people in this sport I respect as much as Lou DeBella. Lou's been around forever. I'm friends with him on social media. I've known him for, you know, two decades in the sport. He's a boxer man. But the shit he was talking in the aftermath of this fight what did he made say? me feel sick. Seen it. What, he basically he said, well, you know, Maxi Hughes, his star has rose and it. He's made the career best payday. He's he's now on the radar and opportunities might come his way. So the result doesn't really matter. The fucking result does matter, Lou, because the kid just got robbed. And I wouldn't mind. You got the kid this fight. You should have his interests at heart. You shouldn't just have the interest of George Campos's. You made this fight for Maxi Hughes to fade in Maxi Hughes's career. You're the one that rang Maxi Hughes and said, I'll get you to America. I'll get you a big fight. I'll help you move on with your career. And what you've done is you've sold them out by not flagging this and going, hey, hey, boys, wait a minute. That scorecard specifically, that individual scorecard, must be a full investigation. And me as a boxing man, that's what Lou should have done. As a boxing man, I've sat and watched that. In all honesty, there's no one in the world that can come out to me and say, George Cambosis deserves to win that fight. There's just no way. There's just not. And, and that scorecard itself just highlights the, the, the fundamental institutionalized corruption that is at the epicenter of this sport at the highest level. What could Maxi Hughes possibly have done to win that fight? Could he have done anything? If he didn't knock George Cambosis out, would they have disqualified him for throwing the legal punch? Like, that's how. Is this where we are with this sport? That scorecard from Joseph Mason, he should be suspended indefinitely until there's a full investigation into why he put that scorecard in. He should have to sit down with someone and explain how George Cambosis wins nine of those rounds. Because anybody that's ever watched a boxing match will watch that and go, there's fucking no chance. George Cambosis' own mother couldn't possibly have given him nine rounds that night. No way. So how has Joseph Mason done it? Well, maybe Joseph Mason's had something else go on in his life. Maybe someone's had a word in Joseph Mason's ear and let him know. You go this way, kid. You'll get plenty of work from us. You'll get plenty of television work, plenty of international world title fights. This is where the sport shoots itself in the leg. And of course, listen, we're used to seeing bad results. They happen. They happen in both in, in, across fight sports. This is not a bad result. This is not a, a, a poor scorecard. This is a completely and utterly inept must be investigated scorecards. And now Maxi Hughes comes back to the UK with his cowboy hat on to do what? To do what? Because the American boxing machine has, ch has, has chumped, et him up 
and spat him out like a piece of shit. And he doesn't deserve it because he's worked too damn hard to get to this stage of his career to earn an opportunity like this to be fucking robbed by inept officials. It's a disgrace. And top rank need to step the fuck up and stop running away from these horrific cards, which come on their cards more than anybody else. Do something about it. You're supposed to be one of the best promoters on the planet. You've been here forever. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Right now, feel like they're part of the fucking problem. Can't add to that. I can't add to it. <sighs> Mate, I feel for him. I'm gutted. Um, for Maxi Hughes. Listen, hopefully somebody, whether they be in the UK or America or whatever, promoter-wise, looks after him and says, listen, man, we saw. Let's get you a knock. Let's get you a, a career I paid there. Let's get you back in there because he didn't deserve to be treated the way that he was treated at the weekend. Class, by the Listen, all class from him and his team. I know that they wanted to walk. I know that they wanted to jog on. They should have. They should, was, yes, they should have. Listen, they should have. It was Luther Bella that encouraged them to come back. But yeah, they should I know have that. I know they that. But... Sean ran, I think. I don't think Sean come back. No one put the microphone in Sean's face because Sean would have said it straight. Maxie's too much of a nice kid. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Sean should have got on the microphone and called it for what it was. Called it for what it was. With all due respect, Luther Bella, you put that fight together. You should have called it for what it was. Disappointed. Disappointed in, in people involved in the sport, involved in that fight, that they're just going to brush it under the carpet and move Cambosis on and spit Maxi Hughes out. Um, on a positive from that card, Keyshawn Davis is fucking special, man. He, um, right. we, uh, we highlighted him, at, obviously, when he turned pro. If you've been following his career through the amateurs, you know how good he is. Um and this, listen, he had four rounds here, a little bit of a feeling out. Starts off nice and have a look. You can see that you can see how talented the kid kid is. Fifth round, he goes, All right, we've all had a little bit of fun now. Let's have a go. And he starts letting the man's go and he starts stepping it up through the gears. Five and six, absolutely sensational. Drops it down again in seven. Eight goes through the gears and puts uh Francisco Patera down for the first time in his professional career. Everybody, we said last week, listen, this could be a big statement for him. It's a step up in class. Patera, hard as nails, never been stopped before. Let's see what Keyshawn's all about. I genuinely thought we were going to get that stoppage. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the ringside uh, camera angle of that knockdown, but he literally knocks the snot out of his face, mate. He hits him <laughs> and it's fucking dripping all over the place. Patera don't know what day it is, but he does get up. Tough old boy that he is. Uh, and and rallies to see the final bell, but an, a complete and utter shutout. My, the kid is absolutely brilliant. Um, I absolutely love watching him fight. Obviously, he's in a wonderful gym. He's got some great stable mates with the likes of Shakur doing the work and all that. Um, how fast they're going to move him, I do not know. But every time I see his name down on a card, I want to watch him fight because he's a joy. Yeah, I think, listen, I, in some ways, I think this was a setup to get Keyshawn Davis a fight with George Cambosas Jr. Keyshawn did his job. It's just about making sure Cambosas Jr. has his arm raised now so we can sell it. But I also think maybe Keyshawn, like you, I'm super impressed with him. I, I just don't know whether he's got the power yet. And the problem, if he goes up and beats Cambosas Jr., and I think he does, like, with all due respect, how the fuck did Cambosas Jr. beat Tiafimo Lopez? Like, no how idea. did that even happen? No idea. I've got no idea. 
how that even happened. I really can't. But Keyshawn looked great. The type of kid you can watch all day. My concern with Keyshawn Davis is, has he got the power to go to the next level? And if you beat Cambosis Jr., purely based on his reputation, purely built on the, the win over Teofimo Lopez, you're in the mix then. And I don't know whether Keyshawn Davis is ready to be in the mix. I don't think he's quite sitting down on his shot yet, quite getting that finish. He's beautiful to watch. I just don't know whether it's worth rushing him. So I wouldn't be surprised now, you're right, if they did a Shakur Stevenson against Cambosis Jr. instead. But I, I honestly think this was being set up for, for Keyshawn Cambosis to fight at the end of the year. But yeah, man, listen, kids quality. He's a sensational addition to that lightweight mix. Obviously, there's the Andy Cruz thing. Um, whether that ever happens, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, he's a quality operator. Really good. He is, mate. Any uh, other stuff from the weekend before we all start getting crazy about what's going on in uh, Saitama? Yeah, I, I just want to put, you know, we need to flag the weekend. We need to highlight it. We need to discuss it. And we want to fucking start banging on people's social media and letting top rank we know that we're fucking watching again. And it's not getting any better. But I also want to end with a positive note, and I just want to move on to the fact that tomorrow morning here in the UK, we're getting a super fight, the first of two super fights in five days, and I fucking can't wait for it. So, yeah, let's get positive. Mate, I'm really enjoying Stephen Fulton's approach to this, mate. Really, really enjoying it. He's rocked up with his mad little, tiny little ponytail out the back of his fucking head there, and he... And he is taking no backward steps. Oh, my days. I'm like, if he could go over there and beat Inoue, this could be one of the greatest performances of all time. Don't get me wrong. He's a sensational fighter. And he's got more than a chance of being able to do it. Absolutely. It's the guy that he's doing it against and where he's doing it. And he's gone over. And he's just like, no, I'm the fucking boy. And I'm going to show you that I'm the fucking boy. And he's, oh, the the, the, uh, face off at the... At the weigh-ins uh, earlier this morning, oh, <laughs> just got my balls tingling a little bit, man. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be something very, very special. I saw the press conference where they were obviously starting to accuse a new way of stacking his hands and compounding with the yeah. way that he wraps. And then obviously you've got the uh, Japanese uh, Athletic Commission coming out, going actually over here in Japan we're allowed to do this, that, and the other. Not necessarily. Um, stacking the knuckle. They tape directly to the back of the hand in order to protect the hand. Obviously, you're not allowed to tape the knuckle. Um, but again, things are being highlighted just to raise the animosity levels, just to take it up a touch. I'm sure everything's going to be neat and above board by the time these dudes get in the ring uh, tomorrow. But I can't, I cannot wait for it. Obviously, it's a step up in weight for Inoue. We know what he's done in lesser weight categories. He is a sensational, technical, technically perfect fighter with ridiculous power. Does it carry? I'm sure it will carry. But if we're dead honest, the slicker, maybe more eye-catching, beautiful boxer is Stephen Fulton. Mm-hmm. And his shot selection and the way that he negates people coming at him, oh, mate, it just, I can't wait for it. I know we're only 20, 24 hours away. This time tomorrow, I'll be sat here waiting for the TV to kick off. Um I think the TV show starts at about 11, doesn't it? And they're in the ring about, what, half 12, one o'clock, something like that, UK time? 
I think so, yeah. But it's worth tuning in early because Robsy Ramirez is in the co-main event and he's class, as we know. We were pouring over him when we were in Glasgow and he's been nothing but sensational since. But yeah, listen, it's all about the main event. It's all about Stephen Fulton. It's all about Neuer and Nui. Can a Nui go up to a fourth weight division? Will his power carry? Will he be able to detonate on the chin of an absolute stylist and technician in Stephen Fulton? These are the million-dollar questions. And this is a fight that... The winner of this, especially if there's a sensational winner, and I think it goes one of two ways. Stephen Fulton just fucking stands him on his head uh, and frustrates Neuer Nui, or the Nui does a Nui things and puts him to Kip. Either one of those things happen. We're having a general, a, a, gen, a genuine conversation in the next couple of days about was that performance good enough, especially if it's a Nui, was that performance good enough to usurp Alexander Usyk at the top of the pound for pound tree. But you know what? That conversation has only got three or four days in it. Because, <laughs> because then we've got Spence versus Crawford. And if one of them puts on a masterclass, yeah. then they they would be obviously become the hot topic of conversation as well. That's why we're so excited this week. That's why boxing looks as good as it does. Forget about the heavyweight division. Fuck that. We're getting proper, proper, proper fights. This is a proper fight in Japan. And I like the way Fulton's gone in there and his coach has ruffled a few feathers because yeah. the Inoue conversation has been going on for a long time. You know, I found one of my old tweets getting reposted and regurgitated recently after footage came out of Inoue wrapping those hands. And he does put tape directly onto the skin. And that's something that isn't allowed in certain territories. And then they put, yes, it's not across the knuckles, but it's across the back of the hand and the wrist. So if you put strips and strips of tape, then gauze over the top, then more tape, then gauze over the top. Even if it isn't the knuckles, that can be considered as stacking because once that gets wet, that tape, gauze, tape, gauze. Like concrete. It just, once it gets wet, it basically like a plaster cast. It basically gets solid. And if your wrist got no turn in it, you basically just got like a ramrod anyway. So again, Depending on who you speak to, it's surprising how many punchers, bigoters, knockout merchants who go, no, man, that's fucking absolutely sound. And then there's a lot of boxers, stylists who are like watching it going, that's stacking, that's illegal. But listen, Fulton's team had the well within their rights to go, listen, this is an issue. We're flagging the issue just to let you know, Tuesday morning. We're going to be all over that shit and we're going to be fucking, we're going to have whoever represents the WBC, the WBO commission. We're going to have our American commission who will be represented, representing Fulton. That that changing rooms when a new A's getting his hands wrapped is, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in there because there's going to be a lot of voices, a lot yeah. of arguing, a lot of backwards and forwards. And obviously, listen, Fulton's not a puncher. So it's not like, you know, I've seen one of the old conversations saying, well, Nito Denier wanted his hands wrapped this way, so Inoue was sound. Yeah, that's fine. Denier was a puncher like Inoue. Fulton's not a puncher. Fulton's not a knockout merchant. So Fulton's not going to go, yeah, go on. If he's having knockout wraps, I'll have them. Nah, man. Fulton's going to be like, I want them as as less yeah. favorable to a new way as possible. So I think tomorrow morning could be very messy. Social media could be alive with he's pulled out, he's done this, they're changing the gloves, they're doing this. I think there's going to be chaos tomorrow morning. But as long as we get them both in the ring, I do feel like we're going to see something quite special. Like Cool Steph is a special operator, man. His footwork is sublime. His ring IQ is very, very good. And the difference here which could go one of two ways, is with all due respect, a lot of opponents of Neuer and Neue 
The desire is to make it to the final bell because to beat a new A, you have to engage with them at some stage. And a lot of people mm. won't engage because through fear of getting knocked the fuck out. And that's understandable. But there might be an element here of how did Fury beat Wilder? He went in the pocket and he traded, but he landed clean shots. Now, I'm not saying Fulton's going to go toe-to-toe and try and bully the bully because that's foolish. He's not that guy. He hasn't got the weight behind him, the size. But what he's got to do is get in the pocket, throw shots and get out the back door. He's got to use that footwork and use that hand speed to score on a new A and get out the back door. Remember, he's in Japan. This is new a new A's fucking gaff, man. This is Tokyo, Japan. A new A's a superstar. Fulton knows he's gonna have to have the performance of his life, and he can't make a mistake for one second. Because if he does, he'll be looking up at the sky at the lights. It's brilliant. I've got, funny, I've got a funny feeling, mate, that Fulton's gonna pull this off. A long time ago, a very experienced I won't say his name, but a very experienced written word boxing journalist, old school journalist, sat me down and it was a fight like this. Not Maybe not this magnitude, but it was a clear puncher against a clear boxer. And I remember thinking, oh, he's going to get knocked out, he's going to get knocked out. And this old hack tapped me on the shoulder and said, son, the sport is boxing. Never back against a great boxer. And he was right on that night. The boxer stood the puncher on his head. So what you're saying? But a new way can box. <laughs> but a new way, a new way is much more than just a one punch. Yet the kid can move. The kid's got incredibly fast hands. That's part of the key to the knockout power. And while the power might not have come up as much as it as devastating a flyweight, bantamweight, and everything else, the fucking speed's definitely coming up. Fulton, as fast as he is, is probably going to be the slower guy in there. And the problem is the guy with the slower hands, eh, the faster hands has also got deadly hands as well. That's why it's so intriguing. Fulton, honestly, this could come down to knockdowns. I think I can see Fulton getting dropped and getting back up getting and winning rounds, but then getting dropped and getting back up again and winning rounds. It could be that kind of fight where it, ultimately the scorecards could be a mess because there's 10-9, 10-9, 10-9, whoop, 8-10. Do you know what I mean? Whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm open so anyway. I'm open it's a bit yeah. special because we need it, don't we? We need a big fight in boxing to absolutely deliver. And if anything's going to deliver, it's going to be this one. Yeah, man. Kudos Fulton to Fulton. Four or five up before he gets chinned. I could see that, man. Oh, I could mate. see that. It's just going to be. It's just going to be awesome. It's just going to be absolutely awesome. Don't miss it. Take a morning off if you if you can. If you're uh, still in that process of working from home, check this. Ain't going to be. There ain't going to be no work from home, is there? Jane's going into the office to work. Kids are going to the grandparents. Oh, Great. yeah, baby. Crack Just me you. in my undies. <laughs> oh, having the time of my life. Bacon butties all round for a super world title fight. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh, my days. And then, like you said, we've got something special coming up this weekend where if you're across boxing and MMA, you've got Spence versus Crawford. In the boxing world, and you've got Gaethje versus Poirier in the MMA world. Oh, mate, it's just going to be a phenomenal week. Uh, listen, thank you so much for tuning in to us. It's been an absolute pleasure once again. We'll be back a little later on in the week to get stuck into a review of Vinnie Fulton and, of course, preview a little bit of Spence Crawford. So make sure you subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. Um, and you can also check us out on YouTube too, Fight Disciples on that platform.
Thank you very much for watching. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.